COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Howdy, folks. Um, no intro right now because the topic that's at hand right now is too important. So we're going to get right to it. I'm starting to notice something that I find very, very disturbing. And this dovetails to what we were talking about on our previous episode about regulation and about, quote unquote, regulating the cannabinoid market. Um, I mentioned why I believe that that's a misguided idea. But I will drill this down once again. One, who's going to regulate these regulators? Throughout the East Coast, outside of, of the state of Maine, most of the cannabis establishments are multi-state operators. And these multi-state operators are not growing cannabis with love and care and 
and um, the level of, of, of passion and dedication that the pioneers are the black market grows cannabis. Um, these MSOs want to consolidate the market. They want to standardize the market and, and, and sort of McDonaldize the cannabis market. And they want to make as much money as possible. And they want to lock out the small grower, the small farmer, the small producer, the small processor. They don't want to compete on an even keel with, with small business. They want to suffocate them in the crib before they even take their first step. That is the end goal of these multi-state operators that run the East Coast. From, from Massachusetts down to Florida, you have these multi-state operators that only care about profit. They don't care about releasing drug war victims that have suffered under the war on drugs and, and giving them a express lane to this new legal industry. Right now, in, in my state, we have some of the strictest regulations for medical cannabis. Um, very, very stringent, more stringent than a lot of other states. Has this regulation made my cannabis safer? No, it hasn't. Um, a lot of stores, I, I still get subpar product that doesn't really have much terpenes because, again, our, our, our standards are so strict. Um, you can barely even smell the cannabis a lot of the times. And also, you have, you have people or you have companies in my state that despite the stringent regulation, they can't grow good product to save their lives. And not only that, with, with all this regulation and all this due diligence, not only that, they are charging us 300, 350 an ounce. Um, I, I joined this program when there, were, when there were less than a dozen dispensers, and now we have over 70 medical dispensaries. They are still charging the same prices that they were charging in 2017. Not much has changed. And they continue to, to charge those prices and they continue to, to, to steer the regulation that we have for medical and adult use to lock out the small business persons, lock out the small businesswoman, whatever. That's what they do. More regulation does not necessarily mean you're going to have a safer, um, cleaner or standardized product because we have all the regulation in the world in Massachusetts, yet a lot of companies still fling moldy cannabis. They still fling cannabis that, you know, can't even smell the terpene. Um, a lot of these pro-regulate people, I'm noticing, and this, this, this is going to be the crux of this episode, a lot of these pro-regulate people, maybe at some point they were cannabis pioneers. Maybe at some point, you know, they, they were, you know, middle to working class and and wanted to make the plant accessible, available, affordable, and accessible to average dreams and average shows. Maybe they started off with those intentions. But once they started getting more prestige, more once they started getting more status, once they started getting better jobs in the cannabis field, they they started making good money. And when you make good money or decent money, you 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 lose sight of what made you who you were or what made you um, join the cannabis industry in the, to begin with. You become more pro-regulation. You become more pro, we, we need more standardization, um, or we want, we want all, all cannabis stores and all cannabis outfits to look like an Apple store. We want it, we, we only want 
people like us that are upperly mobile, rich, um, privileged, whatever, we don't want to see, we don't want to see a bunch of long haired hippies, um, playing hack sack by the dispensary. We don't want to do, see that cannabis is more mature now. We, we need to standardize it. We need to, we need to make this accessible. So soccer moms are going to want to, to buy cannabis. We got to kick out all the hippies. We have to kick, kick out all the counterculture people. We have to eliminate what gave the cannabis industry flair and what gave it a, a, a safe haven. Because again, a lot of us are creatives. A lot of us are outsiders. A lot of us are, you know, slightly off kilter people. And cannabis has provided a safe haven for this, for, for the counterculture, for the downtrodden, for, you know, people of different orientations and, and appearances. It's provided a safe haven for that. Um, and, and it's been a very, very accepting space. But now I'm seeing a lot of elitism. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, professionals who, again, they were probably pioneers. They probably started off pioneers. They probably started off with the same mentalities all of us have. But now, because they they have a modicum of success, now they want to lock out you and me. They want to they want to get rid of the small farmer that can sell Delta Eight um, directly to customers. They don't want people selling directly to customers anymore because again, that's like that's like having dealers again. That's like going to a back alley and 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 giving your dealer two hundred dollars or or playing video games with him or having him you know creepily or sloppily try to flirt with you or whatever um they see this quote-unquote wild wild west or this um this industry or this hemp industry where farmers can sell directly to customers um yeah you're gonna have some unscrupulous players that are only there to make a buck that don't test their products that falsify tests um and they're not growing with love and care, only care about greed and only care about top dollar and don't really try to use good manufacturing practices. Yes, that's a thing. There are people like that. But like I had mentioned in our previous episode, this industry can police itself. Those, um, if they're putting out a product where they're falsifying labs, using where they're putting out unsafe product, word will spread of these folks. And the, the, Consumers will let people know that these folks are unscrupulous and they don't use good manufacturing practice and they don't make a good product. Word will spread and those those vendors are going to go under. They'll go under. Word will spread of, of these bad players and we can self-police ourselves. We don't need this industry regulated to death so that only dispensaries can sell you alternative cannabinoids and then they're going to charge you $50 a gram that that is what a reg a, a a we need to regulate all the cannabinoids would look like it would either be it either be dispensaries that'd be the only game in town that could sell it to you or it would be the smoke shops that already exist again i mean there are smoke shops that i go to in my neck of the woods that i really like and that offer me a good deal and good service and that sell products that that are legit and that are lab tested. I, I go to those and I love going to them. I love giving those small businesses my cash. But if we are if we are to go that route where we call for more regulation, these it's going to be just dispensaries selling it. And because, you know, they have a storefront, they have employees, they have rent, they have to pay, they have utilities, all that. That's going to up the price. 
And because they have to follow state regulations, again, that ups the price. So these dispensaries are going to charge you $50 per, per, per gram of Delta 8 or so. When, you know, this current unregulated market that's very much a free market where farmers from all over the country, small farmers, small vendors, whatever, they have an opportunity. They can grow what they feel they're best at, whether they want to just be an edible company or whether they want to make specialty CBD strains like Hoku Seed. Um, shout out to Hoku. Um, I'm going to be getting their CB, CBD V flower on um, Saturday, and I'm probably going to be reviewing it that day. So, so be on the lookout for that. But again, with this current market, yes, it's unregulated. Yes, there isn't um, a, a clear set of standards for all the Delta 8 and all the various um, vendors that are getting various cannabinoids from hemp. Yes, there isn't a standard template that they have to follow. Yes, there isn't a standard amount of labs or, stand, or standard um, labs that, that are approved that, they, that, that a hemp vendor must go go to no matter what state they live in no we don't got that we have 50 different systems under the, the farm farm bill we have 50 different programs um we yeah we have di 50 different programs um some states have legal delta 8 some don't but well right now you have it's it, it's the market we have is kind of like a free market because there, there are people all over the country that can start a hemp business. And in, in some states, it's just a few, it's just a few thousand or just a few hundred dollars to, to be a hemp processor, hemp grower, whatever. So you have all these new businesses and all these new entrepreneurs from around the country that have an interest in the plant that can specialize in what they're good at. And you have all these opportunities that are being made for all our farmers around, around the country. And they're selling their, their stuff all over the country directly to consumers. And the consumer is in the driver's seat because they have a, almost an unlimited amount of choice. Um, if one vendor doesn't have the strains they want, they can go elsewhere. If another vendor is, is having a, a sale where, the, where they can get Delta 8 or they can get a, a, an ounce of it for, for $40 and vendor C is charging 37 I can just go to vendor C, no, no harm, no foul to me. And if, if that product does, isn't, isn't to my liking, I can just give it a bad review and tell my listeners to not get it. And if it is, is a good product, I can tell more of my listeners to go to them and more of my listeners to check it out. You know, the, the, the consumer is in the driver's seat and I like this. I, I like I had mentioned, I like that, that I, that I have, that I'm trusted to make the right decision for, for myself. I'm trusted to go and, and buy what's what's affordable and what's prudent to me. And if I don't like something, I, I don't give my money the next time around. But the regulate first people, again, the again, like I've been saying, there's a class component to the stuff, to this stuff. The regulate only people or the regulate first people, again, they again, they might have started off as scrappy pioneers like myself. But now, you know, they're they're in the professional class of, of cannabis and hemp. And because because the professional class, like I, like I'm mentioning, or because they have their needs taken care of and they're making a good amount of money off cannabis, um, pushing for more regulation is going to benefit their industry because their industry, their industry or the part of the industry they're on makes money off regulating. So again, they're going to want to feed their own business and they're going to want to feed their own own needs. 
but this call for regulation is going to squeeze out the small farmer that's been um that's been having a lot of opportunities throughout the country and that's been able to sell to consumers around the country and the world directly to consumers and, and create relationships with them and grow awareness for their brand that's all gonna go away when you call for more regulation you're gonna have what you have with these mso's that um that put out a subpar product and because they're the only ones that have the money the funds the connection to start a business in, in the cannabis field it's just going to be them in, in a lot of states and the the small grower is gonna the small farmer that's making you know cbc or cbg they're gonna they're gonna have to go out of business because the the the, the cost of these more of, of more of these regulations are gonna price them out it's gonna be like what you see with these ms these east coast mso states but again these these professional class people that are are, are pro regular pro regulation pro tyranny again they make a hundred thousand two hundred thousand three hundred thousand whatever a year so if we call for quote-unquote more regulation for safety they make six figures so paying three hundred dollars a cbd ounce that's that's okay to them paying fifty dollars a gram for for delta eight that's fine to them they they make six figures it's not going to affect them but us regular scrappy nugganuches that work for a living that have kids that have loans that have retirement to worry about we're going to be left holding the bag because because of these pro-regulate people. We're going to be we're, our, the price of our medicine is going to go through the roof. And again, it's this is why we can't let the professional managerial class in, uh, in in cannabis. We can't let them be the leaders because then you're going to have more tyranny. Then you're going to have more um more of a market that's just multi-state or multi-state conglomerates that grow for profit. And, and not not to help the patient and and something that you're going to see that's that's probably the most insidious part of it because if you call for more regulation and all these smaller players like i'm talking about get squeezed out what you're going to what you're going to see is you're going to see less specialization with 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 this mature and and growing and quote unquote unregulated hemp market you have variety up the wazoo the, the the customer is in the driver's seat there's you have to really stand out to earn your earn people's money because there's so many other vendors um and again like this this standing out means that that a lot of companies could could specialize they can just be edible only or we're gonna go specialty hemp strains that have cannabinoids that people a lot of people don't tend to get a lot of the time so you can have specialization you can have a diverse market with diverse needs when you keep the regulations low and you keep the standards and barriers of entry low you have this market where we're a variety of farmers from different backgrounds can participate but again if you go the pro-regulation route you're going to kill variety like in my state for example my adult use state when i go to when i went to medical uh dispensaries i would rarely if ever see land race strain and 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 i believe part of that is because land race straights are a lot harder they're they're harder to grow and they take more work to grow and as a result of that as a result of our of our for-profit sort of system um time is money so they're not going to grow a land race strain that may take that may be a bit more demanding to grow but may have more medical val value and more, more medical benefits they're going to be disincentivized to do that because they need a return on their investment. They need to pay these onerous 
um, fees and, and charges to quote unquote stay licensed. So they're not, so they're going to be disincentivized to, to, to grow land race or to grow, um, hemp and, and, and marijuana strains that really help people. They're going to be dis they're going to be like, all right, well, Indica sell the most. So we're just going to grow Indica's. So the medical patient that needs a sativa for their condition, they're going to be left holding the bag because companies are going to be looking out for profit first and foremost when you when you call for a lot of regulation, a lot of standard standardization. Only the most bland and the most generic and the most profit driven will survive in such a system. And again, the snugger nutrients that that work for a living and they don't, don't have six figure incomes, we're going to be left holding the bag. We're going to be charged up the wazoo. Again, we cannot let these professional class people run the cannabis movement because again, their 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 money, their privilege, their their um them being sort of oblivious to what the average person has to go through and what the average person pays for their medicine, you know, their privilege is going to blind them and again, they're going to they're going to call for stuff that's just going to benefit their class of of people in the cannabis industry but that's going to be detrimental to the collective. And by the collective, I mean the customers and I mean the farmers that are benefiting off the farm bill at the moment. We cannot, and I, I repeat, we cannot let these professional class people lead the cannabis movement. We have to, we have to put them, we have to make them sit on the back seat and we have to take this gentrifying cannabis movement away from them because they're they're driving us off to a cliff right now. I'm seeing more and more articles written about Delta 8. Oh, we need more regulation of Delta 8. We need more regulation of, of the CBDs or whatever. It's too unregulated. It's a wild, wild west. The customer has to be protected against themselves. We need more regulation. We need more ID checks. We need yada, 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 yada. Again, that might that may have more. I mean, that may have a benefit in ensuring the products are a bit safer. But again, the the the, the cost is going to be is going to outweigh the benefit because you're going to squeeze out the small growers and the small farmers and the small processors and the small vendors, and it's just going to be MSOs overcharging, and the safety isn't going to be that that much better because again, MSOs in my state. Even though they have all these stringent requirements, they're still peddling moldy cannabis. So requiring more regulation is not going to necessarily lead to a safer and more standardized market. Or, or it could lead to a standardized market, but you're going to lose variety, costs, and access. We got to think through what we're doing before we do it. We cannot let these um, professional class cannabis people that are... That are are, are out of touch that don't get what you and me have to go through and that are going to call for more regulation to the detriment of entrepreneurship and the detriment of consumer choice the grassroots must stay in the lead in, in cannabis is all i'm going to say um i mean i'm done with my rambling but we got to keep in mind that more regulation is not always better and in fact a lot of regulation in, in, in these MSO states has not led to safer product. It hasn't. It's just led to a monopolization by, by big players that only care about profit. But enough from me. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You can find me on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa and on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao. 
If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar and above tier if you are feeling extra generous additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to h https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 65TG2NR. Again, that is HTTPS colon slash slash discord dot GG slash 65TG2NR. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products. You can check them out by the link HTTPS colon slash BIT dot LY slash 33FKRV9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.